because you know what? Google has no clue what is in that image without a descriptive file name and without an alt tag. They can't see it. So why it works for your SEO as well as your digital accessibility is really the same thing. Google can't see it either. So you need to make sure that you've added that alt tag and that you've added that descriptive file name so Google knows what is in that image. Welcome to the Digital Masters Growing Your Web Dev Business Podcast. My name is Marisa Vanskyver, aka Captain Coder. I've been coding and building websites for over 20 years now, getting paid to do it for about 16, and have been working in digital marketing since before Facebook business pages even existed. I created and scaled a full-service marketing agency to over six figures, but now focus on building websites that convert for my clients. And I teach digital marketing at my local university. This week, we're going to dive into on-page SEO. So let's get started. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a story. I was approached a few weeks ago by another website builder, designer, they use Squarespace to build a new website for a local client. And they wanted to ensure that the SEO, the on-page SEO specifically, was all set up and ready to go to give them the best possible start. And she admitted she didn't really know a lot, this web designer, a lot about SEO, so she wanted to bring in somebody else who did. Now, when I build websites, I build with a lot of on-page SEO best practices built in. They're included in every single website I build. It's not an add-on feature because I feel like there's no point in building a website if you don't follow the basics for good on-page SEO optimization. Search engine optimization. Well, you guys know what I mean. So anyway, she brought me into this project and had me do a full audit. And every single one of the items that I'm going to talk about in today's episode are all things that I found were missing or done incorrectly on this website. Now, this girl is new to marketing. She's new to building websites. She used Squarespace to build a website. And overall, it is a beautiful site. But the unfortunate thing was she missed some really big, basic things that could set her client up for failure if she hadn't done the work to bring in somebody new to help. So let's go and dive into five easy steps that you can take to improve on-page SEO in every single site you're building right now. Now, the first step is hard for a lot of people to understand why this is important, but Google really looks at your heading sizes and learns a lot about your site, about the structure of your content with those heading sizes. That actually came up a lot in the website I audited recently. Um, You know, you have six options for heading sizes. You have H1 all the way through to H6, correct? But Google looks at that H1 and it views that as the main topic for the page. Now, you can include target keywords or part of your target key phrase in your H1, but you should only have one heading one per page. Google won't recognize the other ones, and it actually can mess up what Google views as the main topic for the page and confuse its bots. So you only get one heading one because that's the main point. 
that also should be the top headline of the page. There shouldn't be anything above that, not really. And it should be the largest font size because again, it's a user experience thing. You're telling somebody that's visiting your site as a browser that that's the most important headline on the page. Then your font sizes should shrink down from your H2s through your H6. Designers really hate it when I tell them that's how it should work. But think of it as like a term paper in college. You don't have a sub subsection title that's bigger than your main title for your paper. And your web page should be the same. Now, you can have as many H2s and H3s, H4s, H5s, H6s on your page as you'd like, but your H2 should introduce a section on the page. And then your H3 through H6 should be nested under that H2. And those should all be subsections of that sections. Again, it's a term paper. You wanna make sure that you're telling Google, you're telling people who are viewing your site how the structure of your page works and what content goes with which idea. It's amazing how much heading sizes can actually do to improve your user experience as well as your SEO. Now, the next thing that I noticed a lot of people miss and, and this client as well, were not having enough internal links. So obviously your main navigation and your footer navigation all work to help Google crawl and get an accurate picture of your website. But not everybody has every single page in their main navigation. And if you're not including that in your footer navigation, then you can have some orphaned pages that aren't linked and people can't find them. It's really a good practice to include contextual text links to other pages throughout your website. Those in-text links can be really valuable to let Google know what those targeted pages are about and pass a little bit of the very untechnical term SEO juice around. You know, when you look at the copy on that page, is there a piece that makes sense to link to another page on the website? Are you touching on another service that this customer provides, another product that they offer, or something like that? Even a blog post, if you have a really good blog post, you wanna grab that text and link to it. Now you want to make sure that you're not grabbing a click here and making that the link. That tells Google and that tells your customers absolutely nothing about the page that you're wanting them to click on. Instead, you want to grab part of the text that either talks about what the page is about or if it's got that page's targeted keyword or key phrase as the link text, even better. So for instance, if you guys go to my blog this week with this podcast, you'd see I add a text link where if I talk about the fact that I teach digital marketing to web developers, I link that to my homepage because that is my main point of my website of captainofthecoders.com. Internal links and headings are really great and there's something that people miss. But for the love of God, if I have to talk about alt tags and descriptive image file names for the next 10 years, I'm going to be really, really sad because you know what? This isn't about SEO. It is. They're totally important for SEO. But this is about 
digital accessibility. Every image you upload to a website should have a file name that is descriptive of what that image is and a descriptive alt tag. That alt tag or alternative text tag tells somebody who's viewing your website through a screen reader what's in that image. So if they can't actually visually see that image or heaven forbid their Wi-Fi is bad and in the area they're in and the image won't load, that alternative text will tell them what that image is. Now the other part of that is the file name becomes the backup for that with digital accessibility. So you should never have an image uploaded to your website that is like image-01983.jpg for the love of the coding gods, guys, come on. I see more and more developers do this because what they're doing is they're just taking the files that customers give them and hey, I get it. You're getting iPhone type files from your customers or even when it's a professional photographer, they're not labeling those images. And I know, I know that it takes more time to change those file names. But you know what? WordPress doesn't let us change file names once you upload them to the website. So once you've uploaded them, you either have to re-upload them to make sure that they're properly tagged, or you're gonna have a terrible file name there. Your file name should be something descriptive. It should be like red-ford-truck.jpg. It should be a descriptive of what's in the image with dashes between the word. That alt tag should also be a description of what is in the image. So for that same image, it would be red Ford truck. That would be your alt tag. It's really simple. It takes an extra two seconds per image maybe two minutes if you really have to think about what to name the image, but it is 100% worth it because you know what? Google has no clue, no shitting clue what is in that image without a descriptive file name and without an alt tag. They can't see it. So why it works for your SEO as well as your digital accessibility is really the same thing. Google can't see it either. So you need to make sure that you've added that alt tag and that you've added that descriptive file name so Google knows what is in that image. And then you can come up as a Google image search. It's just, it's way, way beneficial for your SEO. And you know, pro tip, you can use keywords and key phrases that you're targeting in those image file names and alt tags but only if that makes sense for the image. You don't wanna keyword stuff them. We got into that a lot several years ago. Google kind of frowns on that now. Somehow they know, they always know guys. So be careful of that. And it's a bad habit that a lot of web developers got into and a lot of SEO experts got into several years ago. You know, if you have an image like a patterned background, or uh, you know, just a background image, those don't necessarily need alt tags because they're decorative. But especially if you've got any kind of valuable image, you wanna make sure that you have a descriptive alt tag and a descriptive file name. I cannot tell you how much that can impact your on-page SEO just immediately. Now this is another one <laughs> that literally, it's not even when I run audits, it's when I'm just browsing the internet. I see this all of the time. Um, if I, I'm gonna get, I, I get ranty when I talk about on-page SEO basics. But man, if I keep seeing home 
as a meta title of a page, I'm going to scream. It should never be just home and then, you know, pipe and the website title because home tells me absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And here's the thing for meta titles and descriptions, you know where those are mostly seen, what people aren't realizing? That's what shows up in search engine result pages. That's what clients and searchers are viewing when they're searching for a business. So not only does Google look at that title and look at that description to see what that page is about, but that's literally what is enticing somebody to click on your website search result versus a competitor's. And if your competitor's has a good meta title and description, you'd bet for damn sure I'm clicking on theirs and not yours that says home. So (laughs) that's, it's just one of those things where you're just, you're working for the searchers in this case. It's going to improve your click through rates. God, try saying that's five times fast. And it's really easy to geotag them and add your local area to the meta titles so that people understand what area you serve. Um, I live in Wichita, Kansas. I add Wichita accounting firm to one of my clients' meta titles because it helps geotag it and helps relate to people. Now, you only have with titles themselves. You only have about 60 characters, so you have very little to work with but you want to include what that page is about with preferably if you can get keywords in, that's good. And a lot of that is just because what are the people searching for? They're searching for that solution to their problem. So the keywords, key phrases are what they're searching for. And you want to include the company's name. You do want to orient people. You know, you don't have to use a pipe. I prefer the pipe. You can use a dash to separate those ideas out in the title but it there's not really one that performs better than the other. Now, for this the blog post associated with this podcast at captainofthecoders.com, the meta title for this post is five ways to improve on-page SEO, pipe captain of the coders. So, just to give you an idea. Now, your meta descriptions are longer. You have about 150 characters. You know, with mobile search, you this changes just a little bit and Google will try to manipulate it a little bit, but you have about 150. And with that description, with that very small space, these are not fun to write all the time. I'm, I'm sorry. But you want to try to hit on a pain point, something that your target audience is searching for, and then give a call to action. Give them a reason to click through to your website. Just giving that call to action can do so much to improve your click through rate from Google. It's amazing. Now this one as developers, this one should be pretty easy and I I hope that this one is common practice except when you have um, what I lovingly refer to as the cheap client. Um, But Google really likes it when you have and you force an SSL certificate. So SSL certificates just help protect the privacy of your client's customers. And Google in Chrome, you know, as you guys probably have noticed, will list a website as not secure in the browser. So you really want to give people a good peace of mind that you're protecting, even if all you're doing is collecting contact forms. You want to make sure that people feel 
like you care about their privacy and their security. And hey, a positive SSL costs $9 a year at places like Namecheap. There are free ones. They're not as easy to use as they used to be. So I, I pay for the convenience of a full year. Um, and they're so easy to install. It's not, you don't have an excuse to not use an SSL. I actually provide SSLs for free for my clients. I eat that $9 cost and the time because it's just not even worth it to not have one. Now, if you are building sites in WordPress, you can use a plugin like Really Simple SSL to force the website to display over HTTPS. And that's what you want. You want to force the website over the secure socket. You don't want the unsecure website available to people anymore. If you use a WordPress um, hosting service like WP Engine, they actually offer free SSLs with all of their websites and they will force the HTTPS for you. You don't need really simple SSL. You can also do it through your HT access file. I like using the plugin or WP Engine because I hate the HT access file. It's a weird fear. Um, now, if you're adding an SSL to a website that didn't have one previously, I still have a couple clients that, I mean, I don't manage their stuff anymore, but I could never convince them to spend the $60 that it would cost them for me to install the SSL. So if they don't have one and you're installing one for them now, you do have to go in and update Google Analytics and Google Search Console to crawl the secure version of the website instead of the unsecure. It takes a little bit of time, but it is so worth it. And here's the big thing with SEO. I, I understand a lot of people, and especially in the old dark ages of SEO, you know, I was around when content farms were normal, when um, comment spam and shit. I've even been building websites when I had old bosses that wanted to put keywords in white text on the page so you couldn't see it, but it was there. Um, and when the meta keywords tag was still available, you know, it's changed so, so much. And I hear a lot of people complaining that SEO is just a bunch of like magic tricks and some unknown formula. And while yes, there's a lot of unknowns to how Google goes about raking anything, there are, you know, good on-page SEO and optimizing the sites you build, that's not magic. It's following some basic principles. Now, if you want to delve more into on-page SEO and as a developer, what you can do to improve the websites you're building, Moz has a really great beginner's guide to get you started. And you can find that in this blog post at captainofthecoders.com. Um, I also highly recommend that if you don't write copy yourself, I know I'm a little weird because I do write copy, but that you work with a good website copy writer, somebody who understands writing for Google and writing for SEO because content is a huge part of building good SEO and creating a site that people want to visit. Really, all Google cares about is that the sites they're sending their customers to answer the questions of their customers. So keep that in mind as you build a site, follow a few simple SEO best practices, and you'll be amazed at how much better your websites get in Google rankings. Thank you all for tuning in to our show this week. To catch more digital masters, you can subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. 
or visit us at digitalmasterspodcast.com. If you have any questions or want to learn more about digital marketing, follow us on Instagram at Captain of the Coders or visit us online at captainofthecoders.com. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week.